Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the final season of I Am Not Defined. As always, I'm your host, Emma. I'm currently wearing what I wore in the last episode since we're shooting them back to back, but I'll give you a refresher. I'm wearing a long uh, blue, dark blue sleeve sweater. And here I have. Uh, my name is Katie. I'm wearing the exact same thing, a uh, rainbow DePaul tie-dye um, shirt with the Blue Demon logo on it from Demon Jam. My hair is back in a headband because, again, it's, like, very frizzy, and and I <laughs> and I did not want to, like, deal with it this morning, and I'm wearing glasses, and you want to take it away, Diana? Yep. Hi, guys. I'm Diana. I'm currently wearing... Um, the same poncho I was previously wearing in the other episode um, with the, the crazy colors and patterns. Uh, um, I'm also wearing glasses and uh, my hair is just brown as well <laughs> and down, brown and down. I know it's crazy. We look so different from like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and like, I mean, to them, it's it, to us, it's 10 minutes. To them, it's probably like a, a week. Yeah. Um, so what are we covering, Miss Katie? What are we covering today? Uh, so um, my episode is going to be about hidden hidden disabilities and hidden like invisible illnesses that that a lot of people in society do not see, and like just how it's like stigmatized in society and how like society treats like people who have hidden like stuff that can't be physically visible. So. Um, so I just have a few, well, before we get into the questions, when you hear the word hidden disability or hidden invisible owners, what do you guys think of? Hmm. I think of somebody with like mental health is a big one. So for me, like I have OCD. So though I wouldn't look disabled and like sometimes I don't even claim disability, I guess it would be somebody who can pass off, but it doesn't mean that my life doesn't have hindrances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Diana. Um, I'd also say that somebody that gives off the appearance, you know, that they're like fully able-bodied, but you know, they still have uh, um, they still have issues that that hinder their life. You know, not many people may see that, as well as uh, um, mental health issues. You know, like that's not really something that you know people can see unless you really get to know the person. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you guys. I guess for me, when I hear it, like, I think of, like, stuff that's not clearly visible, like, scars, like, some of them may be hidden in the clothing, like, or, like, mental health or mental issues that people don't, aren't really, like, stigmatized about, like, are not being fully aware, like, oh, if I say this one thing, it might hurt someone else, like, so like you don't really know the person until you um until you get to know them. So I think of hidden means like hiding who you truly are because you don't want to be like put into like a societal norm of like, oh, like for example, Emma, you have OCD, so you may like some people may see you as like everything has to be in place, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it has to be perfect, has to be clean, but in reality, that's really not it. Like, actually, like, it's quite the opposite. I end up really? getting, uh, yeah, no. So I end up I have OCD and depression. So honestly, yeah, uh, no. I for me, it's um, uh, 
for me, people think it's like, it has to be like perfect when in reality it has to be a pattern. And I think that's what people don't realize. Like, um, for example, I mean, Katie, if you see me do this, I'll lock your door like three times because before I go to bed, because I have to, I, I like, I feel like I will die. There's also like this religion aspect where I feel like if I'm not perfect in myself, not that everybody else has to be perfect, that I have to be presentable, that God will punish me. And it's like this very fearing thing. And because I get very depressed, if I fail, my room becomes a pigsty actually it's very common for those in depression to have like hoarding tendencies and especially with OCD like hoarding is not very uncommon and I have a hard time like getting rid of stuff but when I do it's gone yeah uh what about you Diana like like what have you like like it, it could be your own experiences it could be like someone that's close to you that experience like hidden hidden disabilities or hidden illnesses. I mean, you don't have to share if it's too personal for you, but just, I want to know your thoughts about it. Like, and like, if you've seen people in your life or you know someone or you person, like you personally like self-identify, it's like a hidden, I really want to hear your story. Again, if you're not comfortable, that's totally okay. That's okay. okay. One of my my friends um, has a brother who, you know, he has, he has an invisible disability, you know, they were, they were parking in the handy, uh, in the handicapped parking lot, right, and somebody came up to them, and they went, and they confronted them about it, because, you know, again, it looked like the brother didn't have a disability, and they ended up confronting them, being like, why are you parking there, like, this person doesn't have a disability, you know, you're just taking away the spots, and it was, and it turned into, like, to this whole altercation that honestly was rather more embarrassing for the other person than it was for us, and uh, um, I think that, seriously, just think before you before you speak and uh, I get it you know that some people may be taking up those spots um from others that are that actually do have disabilities but at at the same time like that's it also shouldn't be your your business to meddle into the other lives of people who actually have disabilities yeah, no, I, I get that. Like my dad, because when he's in the car, you don't see that he's physically disabled because, I mean, he's not in his crutches compared to like when he gets out of the car. I've had this woman be like, sir, you can't park there. And then he got out of like when he would um, <laughs> happen was I went to Benito Juarez High School. So if, for those who don't know, there's like this very big lot before you get to the front. And my you can drive on it. It's not recommended, but you can. And my dad drove on it to get to the very front door. And they, the lady was like, sir, you can't do that. And she was yelling at him. And then he stepped out and she stayed quiet so fast. And then they were like, oh, sir. Um, they were telling him like, oh, sir, you can't take the elevator or whatnot. Because, I mean, he didn't have an appointment or anything. So my dad was like, okay. So he walked up all the way to the stairs to the second floor with crutches. Mind you, it's a pretty big school. And he was like, where's my daughter? And I was like. <laughs> I'm in trouble because I was in trouble. (laughs) I I was in trouble. So I knew I was going to get it. But I I thought it was funny because I actually didn't. He thought he thought I was in the right. So that was very surprising. But I just remember being like, wow, my dad really said, like, hold hold my bag. I got this. But it's it's things like that. But I'm like, why is it anyone else's business? Like, I get the school. You know what I mean? But once like you see that he's physically disabled, like he like he they could be like, do you want to take the elevator? Like we could make an exception. He's like, no, I can't take the elevator. So I won't take the elevator. Like my dad's petty. So. <laughs> yeah. 
And then but yeah, I, no, that's, I it's, totally agree with you guys. Yeah, like, like it should not be like stigmatized. Um, just because, um, like, just from like my own experiences, like growing up, like for those of you who know me in Iowa, I'm perfectly fine to walk on my own. Like, but when I see my cane, it's because my hips are acting up. Um. Or my back is acting up. And for those of you who do not know that I have two torn labrums in my left and right hip that were repaired from each other, one year from each other, apart from each other, later down the line, I will need a hip replacement. And that, because how I how I laid in my mom's stomach, I was like clubbed foot, like my feet were inwards instead of outwards. So yeah, like my that brother. brought more disformities. And then my with my back, so, for those of you who do not know me, I have all I have new back braids to help with my back problem, and when I have that, it feels so kind of degrading because in society, if you have a support device or something, people just shove you or tell you, "Oh, get out of the way!" Like move faster. Like when I'm with my cane, I get shoved. I get shoved because I'm going too slow, or like. One of my professors who I had, like, I bumped into her coming off the run, like, coming off the run line, and she was going up to the run line uh, to get to class, and we were talking, and she's like, oh, you're still using your your cane? Like, like she took a hand and used this for, like, a cane. I'm like, no, I'm not using it anymore. And, that, and to me, that was kind of offensive, because, like, she made the cane motion in front of everyone, and I, I really didn't feel comfortable at the time like confronting her about it because again it's an open space and for those of you who know me I well I don't like I don't like confrontation and yeah so I'm the opposite thing. I love it I know and, Katie can't take me anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and then with that being said um one of the things that I found while doing research um from accessesliving.org is that according to the According to the CDC, 61 million adults across the U.S. identify as having a disability of some kind, and about 10% of those are hidden or invisible disabilities. Like, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, like, I personally knew that because I kind of grew up, like, living and not, like, breathing and everything, just, like, experiencing, like, from my own view. But I want to know you guys' thoughts on that quote. Like, when that comes to mind, like, does that number surprise you? Does it shock you? Is it, like, heartbreaking to hear? It's sad, I would say, because somebody, mm-hmm. like, my whole life, I thought I was a weird one. Like, I I mean, you guys seen, I hermit myself pretty very often. I don't go out often. And you would think, because I'm a social person, like, I'm very outgoing when I'm out. I mean, you guys see, I'm very outgoing when I go out, and I'm very, like, out there but when I get home I'm like I'm very limited because for so long I had these very gory and like intrusive thoughts and I thought I was a psychopath like genuinely I didn't talk about it for years until actually until this year when I got my diagnosis because they told me that it's actually very normal for people with OCD to huddle themselves at home because they're afraid to hurt people and it was very eye-opening but it also makes me devastated because I know that there's people who have intrusive thoughts that are probably feeling the same way I felt and still have to keep silent because they don't have an open space to express themselves. I also think <clears throat> going back on the definition of a visible disability another one that came up to my head was POTS 
um, or PCOS. Like I have PCOS. I just got diagnosed and that's invisible. I mean, I just, I'm overweight and you can tell I'm overweight, but people just think I'm overweight because I'm over, like, because I, like, just because I am not because I have like liver issues or PCOS. And I was thinking like things like POTS that we don't see that don't until it impacts the person. And I was just more of like, that makes, it makes sense, but it's just sad. What about you, Deanna? First of all, I think I just want to, I'm really happy that you shared that with us, Emma, because I feel like I did not know that. And I I think through these podcasts, I definitely got to get to know you and Katie, you know, um, a bit more and also understand uh, um, different people's experiences, which also has allowed me to keep an open mind. And I just, it's, it's so unfortunate. I really wish that, you know, there was more we could do about that. Yeah, but Honestly, yeah. I'm glad that you know we're we're working we're working towards it, and it will take a, a while. My yeah. hope is that if I ever do choose to have kids with like you know PCOS, like almost impossible. But if I choose to have kids, I hope that they grow up in a world that was much more accommodating than it was for me and their grandfather, or their their uncle and stuff like my brother and my dad. And I hope that um, the stigma is away. I'm like, I'm seeing the progression. Like, Generation Alpha is crazy. Like, in a good way. They are so smart. It is scary. Like, I have a nephew and I have a brother-in-law in Generation Alpha. And he was asking. So I was talking to him about OCD because he saw me tick. Sometimes I tick when I can't get myself in control. It's like a whistle. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why are you doing that? And I said, oh, it's because um, I told him. So once I stopped, right, he was like, I said, it's because I can't calm down. So my brain is doing that so I can calm down because I have a lot of anxiety. And he said, oh, like a reset. And I said, exactly. And it's like that conversation. I was just like, wow, like, yeah, like a reset. I didn't even think of that. In my head, I'm like, I'm just ticking. Like, I'm, I'm freaking out. Because uh, he he touched me with, like, sticky fingers. And I was like, you're done. You're done. <laughs> but he was like, oh, like a reset. And I said, yeah. He's like, oh, that's what happens when my Xbox gets gets too hot. He's like, I just turn it off and give it a break. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I, I need to do. I need to turn off and get a break. And he was like, okay. And he walked away. Although he understood that. Yeah, and he's nine. His birthday is actually today. Happy birthday, Ethan. <laughs> but... um. He's, yeah, he's nine. And he just, like, this is coming from the same kid. He also asked me why I was brown, but, like, he was five. So I don't hold that against him. <laughs> he was five, and he had never seen someone like me before. So he's like, what? Whoa. He's like, what happened? And I was like, what do you mean what happened? But now he's like, he'll be like, when are you making flautas? Or he, he loves Mexican cuisine. So he'll be like, when are you making flautas? When are you making? Or he'll be like, why is the spaghetti green? And I said, why shouldn't the spaghetti be green? He's like, does that mean we can have blue spaghetti? I'm like, yeah, I guess we can have blue spaghetti. And he's, like, opening his mind more. And I think that's amazing. Like, it genuinely shocks me. He realizes he has free will. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so scary when little kids realize. Like, it's like they just uploaded their consciousness and they're just there. Like, it's so scary. Like, I was like, oh, what's your earliest memory? He's like, oh, you were sleeping. Like, I was. And I had slept over. Like, the first time I'd ever slept over at David's house, I had lied to my parents. I was like, oh, I'm sleeping at a friend's. And I slept over at my husband's house for the first time. It was like, he was my boyfriend at the time. And I wake up and there's this little four-year-old growling at me, saying that he wants cereal. And now he's like, now he's nine today. And I'm like, dang, like, I've been around for so long. And it's yeah. sweet to watch it, but now I'm sad because he's growing old. Same thing with my nephew. 
I could be like owl, owl, and then I'm like, not every bird is an owl, but every owl is a bird, and then I just just like, <laughs> like we joke about that stuff. But yeah, no, I going back to it though, <clears throat> I do think it's sad, but I understand why the number is the way it is. Yeah, I I totally have to agree with you there. Like when I saw that stat, I'm like, that's kind of low because like in society, like yeah. like a lot of so how it is in society is that um. Like society, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's either, it's either you continue to live or you get yeah. left behind. And people who have hidden, um, hidden invisible illnesses or disabilities, we kind of get left behind because we're not really being offered the help and like, like not handouts or anything, but like more like, hey, this is how we can be more accommodating. This is like how we can help about accommodate you. Because if you think about it, society is not built to handle people who are considered out of the normal box. Like everyone is, everyone is different in their own way. I mean, I'm different and I'm a film major and that's a good thing. Like yeah. everyone is different in their own way. It's so society was unfortunately not designed to be accommodating, yeah. which is what we're working for you know towards right now I mean because you know I think right now we're just realizing which is it's 2023 how are people just realizing that you know we need need to be we need to create more accessible buildings you know we need to you know accommodate towards the people that need it you know because not not everyone is going to be able to walk up those stairs yeah and, it, and like even no and even the things that um they call accommodating really aren't accommodating at all because they didn't do their proper research on it exactly mm-hmm. i am so sorry this lady is needy oh, no. <laughs> there's okay. for those who don't know it's there's my my orange cat juno is very much asking for my love and attention okay so i'm gonna um do another fact and then a question with this one okay so according to the uk parliament they state um it is estimated that 70 to 80 percent of disabilities are invisible and the question is what are some challenges with people with invisible disabilities like like, that's a very okay so I think yeah. I have the trouble of acceptance because I can't relate to my dad when it comes to disability and like, especially becoming a new person with disability and like, yes, it can debilitate my life, but I have like good social steps to not allow that to happen. I guess I would feel like I'm an imposter of some sorts. Like really? I don't want to claim, <laughs> I guess he doesn't want me to claim it either. <laughs> I don't want to claim disability. Like, because the only reason I don't want to claim it is because I feel like there's other people who have it worse when that shouldn't be the case. I should feel like, okay, this is also part of my identity. And another thing is that people don't believe me until they see it. I mean, you guys seen a tick attack. It's bad. You see the whistle. It doesn't stop until I've calmed down or you've seen the panic and people don't realize how much it debilitates my life. Like for me, like David will step on the wrong side and all day I'll think about how he stepped on the wrong side. And he's like, what's wrong? Like, He's like, I thought we had a great day. Like in his head, he's like, oh, he just stepped to the side so I could walk. And in my head, I'm like, I've ruined everything. Now he has to move because he he saw that I ruined it. And I am no longer following a linear path. And God's going to punish me or I'm going to die. Like, it's so bad. 
and people will be like oh so how does that work with like i i notice that a lot of people will be like how does that work with cats because you know cats don't obey and like cats do whatever they want and i think it's better because if i had a dog i know i could train my dog and it'd be fine compared to cats that allow me to show that i'll be okay regardless of what happens like my cat will drop something and in my head i'm like oh my god she dropped something she dropped something she dropped something i'm like we're gonna die and then we don't die because that's not what's happening and then it's a really good like reflection of it's in my head kind of thing and it's a good reminder um so yeah so um growing like growing up like i totally relate with you they like having high functioning autism as discussed in the last episode like it's kind of hard for me to like accept that fact because like most of my stuff is hidden like for example I have I'm on the spectrum I'm high functioning but a lot of people may not know it but I know it and I'm good at other things like 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 when I was on set for Maple with Murders right when set was chaotic, I stepped up because yeah. my ways of thinking is, okay, we need to get the ball rolling and make sure everything is on track. And that's just how my brain functions. And then with having my hip problems and my back problems, it's so degrading sometimes because when I'm down in pain, I'm down in pain and people are like, oh, let's go hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. I'm like, but I'm in pain. I can't get up out of bed. And that's hard hard for to me because um hurtful to me because then I feel like that I'm inviting that I'm letting everyone down and where all my friends are able to stand on their feet for long periods of time building cameras and lugging equipment and doing stuff that's in the film industry like loading heavy stuff walking uphill I can't do that because it hurts it hurts my body and that makes me feel bad and another thing is that some of you may not be aware is that I have a heart condition that came from viral bacterial mono with a bacterial infection. And I thought I like I thought I was having a heart attack on Mother's Day of 2021. And like like I had the I had the classic symptoms of right-sided pain, chest tightness, shortness of blood, fainting. Like I thought I was having a heart attack because heart disease runs on my dad's side of the family. And this happened right after I just did an assignment getting ready for bed. So my mom took me to the hospital. It took like 30 minutes just for me to be seen from my mom calling to make sure there was a spot to me getting in. And I remember walking out in the chair in the waiting room because my heart was in so much pain. So all I remember is some like sternal rubbing me like right here, like for the sternal rub. And I came back and that was scary because I thought I died. And when I plopped out, it was very hard for me. And that's when the doctors finally got me in and they did all the testing. And then they found out I have left bundle branch block with which where the right side of the heart. Okay. So when you start thinking about it, right? Like for headphones, for example, right? You know how there's a left side and there's a right side? Yeah. You know how music comes on both sides, right? Yeah. So how the heart works, it's that the, so let's say this is the right side, right? This side plays music normally, like at a fast rhythm. This side plays it slower. So when my right side, like instead of like my heart's like contracting at the same time, it's delayed. 
and they don't know what caused it, but they think I could have had, when I had a viral mono with viral bacterial septic shock, I could have had COVID before COVID was even a thing. Like, wow. like I could have had that back in high school and I didn't know it. And they told me to stay away from caffeine and high heat. Well, in the film industry, we went on caffeine. Like, yeah, we I know. went on caffeine, we went in the heat. And when I was in class on Tuesday of this week, it was like 89 degrees and it wasn't supposed to be that hot, right? And all of a sudden I was I was lifting something and my heart started doing the very out of funky rhythm. Like like it was out of sync rhythm. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is not happening with my heart right now because it was too hot. I was overheated. So I had to basically leave class and go into a sitting space to sit down because it was air conditioning. And that that made me feel bad because I lost out on variable content that I could have been using that I could have been learning. And that's like, it's kind of like, for me, like accepting who I am, like, yeah, this is what I have. It's just kind of hard at times because I get so hard on myself. I'm like, but I could have been, I could have been born normal as they say, like, I could not have had this disformities and all these issues. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it, like mm-hmm. I wish I didn't have all these issues because now I'm, fighting to get social security and so them saying I'm not sick enough and back and forth and like like you know what I mean yeah no I definitely like especially when I tell people oh yeah I have depression like I have really bad depression they'll be like but I see you smiling I see you no, going out they, like they invalidate your feelings they invalidate your own emotions yeah it's like just- I mean, you guys know I have depression. And then, like, I, but, like, would I still, people, I think people who don't realize that people with depression can manage until it gets to their lowest. And there's been times where I stay in bed and, like, I'll have to cancel shooting because I'm, like, I can't. Like, I'm too depressed to get out of bed. And people will be, like, oh, just go for a walk. And I go for walks. I go for, I mean, you see, I go for walks, Katie. I I go for walks every day with my sister and my nephew. And that doesn't help. I get the vitamin C. I take my Lexapro. And like, yes, it's getting better. But for so long, it wasn't. And like, for so long, I was numb. I was like, regardless if I was laughing, there'd be some moments. It felt like I lived in a gray cloud. And like, that's the best way I could describe it. And people didn't understand that. They'd be like, but you're so outgoing. You always ask if I'm okay. I said, because I don't want you to feel what I feel. Like, this sucks. It's not for the faint of heart to have depression. And that's why it has a very high, like, morality rate with, like, ending. Like, thank you for sharing that, Emma. And, like, yeah, kind no, of going of back to me, like, some mental health issues once on my mom's and my dad's side of the family, I was lucky enough not to get chronic depression, but my aunt does. And I'd seen how it affects her daily life. And it's just heartbreaking to see that because there's days where she just cancels everything. And then with me having high anxiety, like, like for example, like, if any of you have seen me, I well included in dab, I like to fidget with my fingers or I shake my leg or I fidget with my lanyard or I fidget with everything um, with everything around there. And it's just kind of like when, like, I know when I'm having anxiety attack, like I start like shaking my leg or I start fidgeting with my stuff. Like, so yeah. Um, and it's just kind of heartbreaking because we have to live with the fact that a lot of people suffer in silence because society doesn't know how to handle how to handle us. You, you know, I mean, I mean, we're both different, but when you stop to think about it, everyone's both different. Yeah, everyone like functions I, differently. Like just because even some twins. people may have like like physical 
a lot of people have like stuff inside too that they don't want to get out, you know? And I don't see really why society has to be like, oh, well, this is bad stigmatizing. And this is like, oh, well, like when someone tells me, oh, just go out and walk and go take a shower. Okay, it's hard for me to get up out of bed when my back is in pain, when my hips are in pain. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. It's just frustrating because I like I want to scream and say I can't do this because of my back, but I have to take a step back and realize, well, they don't know, and I'm not really comfortable with sharing my story as much because of still acceptance. And then um, some of the last two questions are going to tie into the employees like being included. But before that, Diana, what are your thoughts on some challenges that you'd see? for people with invisible disabilities and invisible illnesses? I think um, I had already mentioned it about um, people invalidating and at the same time not really understanding, you know, you and your needs um, because of their, their lack of knowledge for that. Um, because, you know, people's perception of disabilities, you know, from what we've seen in the media, you know, has honestly affected what they understand it to be, which is vastly different than what it actually is. Um, so their, their misunderstanding and lack of knowledge of it, you know, can honestly cause uh, other challenges for people, you know, who have the disability because... Cause like the way I, the way I see it, if somebody doesn't if somebody doesn't understand it, and if we're all you know interacting with each other in this world that is ever changing, then you know someone's misunderstanding on something can affect another another person's life on it and the way they get treated. That's perfect. Like I can't. I was gonna, I was gonna add to that, but then you just summed it up. Wow. Exactly. I agree. Um. Yeah, like sorry, because I ended up muting myself. I, was, I mean, you saw I was having an attack because my cat's around me and I don't like the feeling of her hair. So right now I was like thinking about that. And I was like, dang, like, I wonder if somebody who if they had like, I wonder if someone lived with me for 24 hours, not just like the social concepts of like me saying hello and stuff, because, you know, I'm a very friendly person. But seeing like what it's like for me to live day to day, I wonder if they would have a different understanding when it comes to accommodating. But what is your next part? Um, so the last one is going to be another stat and last two questions. So the last stat that I found is that um, according to um, understood.org with, um, with the visible disabilities, they state that but only 3.2% self-identify as having a disability to their employers that ties into the question of what is the difference between mental health and an invisible disability and how and what can we do to help? Like when you hear that, like like what are some ways that it's different from like mental and physical and what are some ways we can help break that stigma so that people feel comfortable disclosing to their employers that, hey, I have this, like after they get hired, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you shouldn't I have think- to say it in an interview. I think legitimizing mental health issues is a very big one because uh, teachers will be like, well, I have to, I've been depressed and I'm like being depressed and having depression are two different things. Yeah. And like educating yourself, like genuinely educating yourself on like different um, 
mental illnesses and just like other invisible disabilities because like epilepsy like why is it that we take epilepsy and pot so seriously but not other invisible disabilities like heart conditions and stuff because they're like oh well my mom has a heart murmur like why is it like uh like why is it put to the side for those who can't see I'm like doing my hand bending like to make it as not as serious or in a playful manner but why is it that we only take certain heart like certain things seriously why is it that we can't take everyone seriously and I'm tired of people saying oh people with mental health issues are sensitive like we are not sensitive we have a chemical imbalance in our brains that does not allow us to have the same um, thoughts that you have and not everybody is going to grow up in a supportive environment and that's just the truth that's sad but it is the truth not everyone will have that figure or that lovingness to rely on to express these emotions so when it bottles up it gets pretty bad and I wish people would just understand that and by having that understanding that allows open spaces to occur what about you Diana honestly right now I'm just kind I'm still um struggling to understand some of some of these aspects and I'm trying you know, to tackle them in the best way that I possibly can no Such of as, course you know the um mental il- mental illness and uh, hidden disabilities because I didn't I did not know that uh, mental illness you know, could be a hidden disability until you know we started talking about it and like that just really got me thinking I was like wow like I <laughs> that is a that is such an interesting thing you know to to know and and uh, I started looking more into that and I the way I understand is that with intellectual you know disabilities it's a it is a lifelong condition you know of slow intellectual um, development where medication sometimes has little you know or no effect but a person with mental illness you know it ha- is a disorder that can be treated um, there's no cure but it can be treated with medication you know or psychotherapy or psychotherapy as well as other supports but it's just like it says that medication has little or no effect right to intellectual disability but I thought that you know there there were there are treatments for this so that's that is where I'm misunderstanding like is there what happened to the treatments there that you know they mentioned you know for people with disabilities yeah, so for me, so I can actually answer this. So for me, I'm on medication. I'm on Lexapro, which is an SSRI. And the best, because you can get on antidepressants, antipsychotics, or anti, um, um, or SSRIs. There's options. And for me, I it's definitely helped. Like, I will not say it cured me. That's one thing I won't say. It will never cure me. There is not a cure. And let me be clear. It's, it's not fixing something that's broken, but it's repairing as much as I can and adapting to my new life. And I will say it does help because I am no longer suicidal. And that's something I haven't said in years. I tried to end my life when I was 16 on May 17, 2018. So for me, it's been about five years. That entire time, I had always had suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. This month is the first month I've ever lived without having those thoughts. Ever. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I may make the jokes to my cousins because that's how we cope for me, especially since, like, they're very tiptoe-ish around that conversation. Or I'll be like, oh, this misassignment makes me want to die, you know? But it's no longer has meaning to it. And I think that's one thing that I can look forward to. But I know that medication doesn't work for everyone. And it does for some people. For me, I'm one of the ones that does. But I have friends that it makes them feel zombie-ish. So it's not a linear scale. 
same way with success it's not linear so think of it in a way where not every treatment will work for somebody but there will be there is not a not everybody will have a treatment that works for them but not everybody who um has treatments can benefit them but also people who there are people who have treatments and there's some people who genuinely end up being zero to no symptoms because of their medication there's some people like me that will have occasional episodes and then there's some people that just don't it doesn't work for it's just not a linear thing and I wish it was but that's just what it is yeah I I totally agree with you Emma and Diana like I know like um when I was getting bullied and everything back in um sixth grade that's when my high anxiety started and that ties into highly functioning autistic because anxiety and for some reason I don't know how to explain anxiety ties into like high functioning autism somehow but um that's what my doctors told me is that I have high functioning autism with anxiety and there's been many times where I've been on and off a lot of like anxiety months like I've been I went through gabapentin which made me hear demonic voices I've been to Zoloft Demonic oh, I've, I've been I, through, yeah, I've been through Zoloft. Zoloft's I, pretty, that one's harsh. I almost killed my family because I was having demonic voices oh. because yeah, my it's brain bad. did not like it. And then so I went in and off of doses for anxiety and like switching medications. And then I found one that I'm currently on called Bootsprone. It helps lower my anxiety, yet it I am on a dose that works for me and I take it twice a day. But People may not see that. And like for me, I carry my morning meds in my backpack and my night meds in my backpack because when I'm in class, I don't have time to stop back to my dorm, get my medicine, then go. And so, like with me being on medications, like with my heart issue, because I told my mom what happened with my heart in class, and she's like, Well, we could go see a doctor. And I said, I, I told her, I said, I don't want to be on any more meds. I don't want to be on medication to help to help fix like my body function and she's like well it's either medicines or a pacemaker which I'm too young to have a pacemaker and Mm -hmm. so I'm like I'd rather just do medications but it's so hard and it's kind of self-conscious to me because when I'm in the dining hall after I eat I have to take my morning medicine right away and if I don't my body knows it like if I don't take my anxiety right right away when I eat or my metformin right away to help like in my PCOS or my iron pole, my body feels it. And I'm so afraid to take it in public because I feel like people are looking at me, like judging me, like, oh, why are they, why are they, or or why do they have drugs? And why are they taking them? Are they okay? Are they a drug addict? Like those are some of the things that go through my head when I take my my medicine in public whether it's in the dining hall or at a restaurant and it's just kind of scary for me but I know that's who part of who I am but I just wish I wasn't so dependent on medicines you know but and that's yeah and, how I, built. and it's just frustrating because when I go to the bathrooms here at the hall like yeah there's some accessible bathrooms but most of the time they're being taken up and I have to go into like the public restrooms like that are so cramped and tiny and I just don't like taking my medicine in public but if I don't take it right away then I forget to you know and it's just kind of humiliating so I get some things that I wish that we can help it's being more having more like acceptable like social yeah reassurance yeah 
like CSD, they have a sensory room now to help people with sensory issues. And I didn't know that. That's just something that came on this school year. And you know, I didn't know that. That reminds me, you know Dolly Parton? Yeah. Yeah. And you know her theme, she has a theme park. Yeah, she yeah and uh, I want to go so bad in Pigeon Park. I know. She has like a special section, like, you know, for people that like, uh, um, um, like have high sensitivity issues just like for them you know, you know to go there and just like de-stress and she's like I do not know that so yeah no Don't. like definitely like I think for me the best thing that I can ask for people is just to be reassurance because I notice a lot of the time with mental illness like you think your emotions are real and they're not like I'm not invalidating them but they're not truth I don't like for example one of them would be like oh my god like let's this is an example like I've had one where it was like Deanna thinks you're eating weird when we went to go eat. And I know you don't think that. I know that's my brain telling me that. So like just reassurance is a very big one. And then ha- having a space to be able to express. And like I've I've been on a lot of meds. Like I've I've gone through my trial because it's not like the first one and it does it. Like Zoloft was pretty bad for me because Zoloft made me sadder. And I was oh like, yeah. Zoloft, Zoloft is I can't be on any of those because demonic voices and it made me have like like very different you know which episodes. one scares me uh seroquel scared me because i i take seroquel i have a high dosage of seroquel i have 150 milligrams so i can sleep because i sleep terror disorder and that always prevented me from going out and um having sleepovers because i'm afraid to wake up and start screaming or something or to stay awake and my friends are like why is she still awake like what is this and it's things like that that I'm like, that's one thing that I wish. Like, I, did, I wish that education systems would educate students on what these are, how many people are impacted. And like that way students can be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm, I see I see myself in a presentation. I see someone discussing these things. But yeah, I guess that's that's my take. What about you? I guess like Deanna, like what did you learn? Considering like you don't, I'm not going to say you do or don't because I don't know. <laughs> but from what I know of, you don't have any disabilities. So seeing this, mm-hmm. how does this like, impact you or how does it make you think as an ally i must mm, think of an ally in the sense that as i'm someone you know i consider myself an empath i really do and you know just a little bit about me um before i, I get to the point sorry guys i tend to go off no, on, on tangents at times good. but a little bit about me is that growing up i would just always be called like the crybaby of the family because I would cry about every little thing like I cried in the movies um if I saw some sad scene or something like that it's still true but like it's gotten it's gotten better but over the My years is like that too <laughs> and uh, you know I just I would always just be so I uh, felt so ashamed for it because like why why am I so emotional why am I just like why am I like this um, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that anymore because it has allowed me to understand people and it has allowed me, you know, to better connect with them on a deeper and emotional level to the point where like, I mean, I don't feel like I need to push them, you know, to open up to me because that's just going to, you know, cre- create a co- an uncomfortable atmosphere. But I'm, I'm grateful for the way I am because in, with, co- um, with conversations like these and with people, you know, that have um hidden disability people that have mental um illnesses or disorders is that like is it can you use both words or is it like are they both distinct from one or the other okay no you can use Um, both they're they're disorders and like disabilities are two different things but they're very interchangeable when it comes to it yeah because you can have a disorder or a syndrome but 
like not everyone identifies with disability there's nothing wrong with using them though mm-hmm. like yeah. let me be clear like you can use both it's just like some people will use one over the other that's it okay great good to know um no although i will i will never like 100 percent understand you know everything that you know that someone with autism is going through because you know i don't have autism myself and i'm not going to pretend like i have it because one thing that's just gonna be terrible why um <laughs> yeah that's I pretty bad not, yeah really really like i cannot put into words how bad that would be but um with the type of person I am, it will allow me, you know, to understand them and we'll be able, you know, to also just be an, be an ally for them and, you know, understand, try to understand the needs to the greatest extent that I can. And I will, that's what I will always try to do. I will always try to create a safe space for people because I know that that is what people most create, a safe space. Well, I'm glad that this conversation was actually way happier than the other one. Because <laughs> the other one was dark. But like, even then, I'm glad that we all feel safe to share our experience. Like, I'm glad that you feel safe that you were like, I may get canceled for things. I just want to make it right. Like, no, I'm glad that you feel comfortable sharing with us. And I'm glad that Katie felt comfortable sharing her experiences. And I'm happy that I feel comfortable sharing mine. As this has been I Am Not Defined. As always, I'm your host, Emma. I'm your host, Diana. And my name is Katie. And we will see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.